to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Philippians chapter 3. I was going to try to do a different book of the Bible, which seemed crazy because we were in Philippians this entire year so far. So it was kind of hard as a guy to not do something in Philippians this morning. Um, and this one verse just continued to come to me, can come to me. So I figured that this would be the area that we will be teaching on this morning. Philippians chapter one, uh, 3, sorry, verse 1. Um, if everybody's got their Bibles opened up, we'll go ahead and get started. So it starts off in verse 1, it says, Finally, my brethren, Paul talking here, Paul opening this up, and I'll just kind of do my intro as we get going. Paul in chapter 1 and 2 has kind of opened up to the Philippians. He's kind of told them what, what's going on. And, and with, if you were there in the men's study on, on, on Tuesday nights, we've gone in depth now on, on chapter 1. We know that, that Paul is continuously pushing them, pointing them back to Jesus, pointing them back to God, pointing them back to everything is the last two weeks ago we started, everything was to the glory of God. Last week, everything was to the praise and, and that, that no matter what, Jesus Christ is, is preached. That Paul is, is pointing them and saying, look, guys, even though I'm in chains, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Glory to God. I just want to be able to glory God in everything that happens. But also, I want to encourage you guys to, to have a walk and have a desire to learn and to know those scriptures well. So that you might be able to do the same thing. That you would be encouraged by my chains. That you would, and then ultimately everything would happen. Why? For Jesus. And then he goes on in chapter two and he talks about just the life of Jesus and, and just in through humility was able to continue to, to suffer and to move on. And then for, for talks about Timothy and just how he has nobody like Timothy. And so therefore he's, he's, he's bringing them through all this. And so now as we move into chapter three, verse one, it says, finally, after I've told you all these other things, as we've moved through this, this really is kind of where I'm at when I want to get to you guys to. Finally, my brethren, my, my fellow Christians. Remember, he, he started this church back in Acts and he just, he loves this church and he has just a feeling for it. So when he says brethren, I think it's kind of a little bit more than just the normal brethren. You know, like there's people that we might go to church with or we might go to a different church and go, oh, those are my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And they are. But when I get together with you guys, well, you guys are my brethren. You guys are my family. I've wept with you guys. I've, I've wept for you guys. You guys have wept for me. We've, we've prayed for each other. We've lifted each other up. And so I think when Paul talks to them here, he says, finally, my brethren, I think it's a little bit more. And he's reminding them, but guys, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Yes, I, I've brought you through this, these, these conversations of where I am at and what is going on in my life, but I want to remind you guys, through whatever trouble that you're having, whatever you're going through, Guys, rejoice in the Lord. We were praying over there this morning, and and just the the verse, the, the the psalm came to mind. Psalm one hundred: Enter my courts with thanksgiving. Enter my courts with praise. Christian, this morning, enter his courts with praise. This is a joyous time for us, as we are able to do communion this morning and have that understanding and the revelation of what Christ has done for us. Rejoice in the Lord. What a beautiful thing to think of this morning that with all the problems that are happening, everything that could possibly, and we could all list all of our, our, our doldrums, our, our Eeyore stuff that's going on in our life, we could list it all out. But rejoice in the Lord. 
Praise God. We get to do that. We get to come in before him and just, oh God, thank you so much that this isn't it. This isn't the finish line. This life that I'm living right now is not the finish line. Why? Because I have a, a further calling. We're running a race. We're, we're going for something else. We're striving for something else. Rejoice in the Lord. For me to write these things to you is not tedious, but it's for you it's safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning of the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, but not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed in his death, if by any means I may obtain the, of the, to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already per- perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for that which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. And that's the verse that we're talking about today, and we'll spend a little bit more time in 12 through 14. But to get us up to that point, that's why we have to start in verse 1, so we can keep the context. So again, as Paul's talking to them, he's, he's reminding them, please, guys, just praise God. Rejoice in Him. Why? Because as we read on, that's going to come back to us. That's why we're rejoicing. Why? Because I'm pressing on towards something that's more important than all of this rubbish that's around us. I press on for Jesus Christ and the calling that he has on my own life. He's looking at them and he's he's talking probably to the, the church, but he's also talking to the Pharisees and, and, the, and the, the religious people at the time. And you see that when he says, you know, in verse 2, he says, beware of the dogs and beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. The dogs is a, it's a derogatory term, term. And you guys have heard this before. The, the Jews would actually say that about the Gentiles, about us, that they were just dogs. And I'm sure, and the first thing that popped in my mind is, kind of if you've gone to Mexico or when we went to Mexico, there were dogs everywhere. I mean, there was like dogs, I mean, as many dogs, I think, as people is what it ended up being. And these are not like our dog. Our dog is like a prince in our house. You know, he sleeps on the love sack. He sleeps up in our bed. I mean, you know, he lives a life of luxury. I mean, this dog is is amazing, you know. And, and he and anything that he possibly could want or need is provided for him, but not these dogs. These dogs are, are mangly and they're just eating whatever they can. And, and you wouldn't invite this dog in your house. Those dogs are just, they're, they're, they're street dogs. And you wouldn't want them in your house. Well, I think that's kind of the image here that we have for us. That the Jews would be looking at the Gentiles going, oh, well, you're dogs. You're like those. You're just, you're, you're mangly. You're not worth anything. I mean, we could just kill those dogs and who would care? Nobody would. Except for the people on TV that cry and you know, it only talks you know, 30 cents a day to, to provide sanctuary for a dog. But, you know, that's a whole nother line. I don't want to get down. But it's okay to kill babies. Does that make sense? 
You know, I mean, that's just, and I don't want to get on this, but I have to now. It just, I, I you'll, you'll cry for a dog. And again, I love dogs, but we won't cry over the fact that we are killing babies. You know, I was on a, some thread and I was ranting the other day and, um, with Jonathan and, and the family that somebody re- referred to the unborn fetus that had just started as a, what was it? It was a parasite. You know, well, it's just a parasite. Like is that, that's the, that's the level that we've gotten to that we don't even at least count it as a possible human. That it's a parasite. I mean, that's just the level of removal that you have to have to be able to say, oh, I can justify it. Why? It's just a parasite. You know, and, and the reason I do, I have this thing that I got from when I was at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, and it reminded us, I just keep it in here, it's a Broward County right to life. Um, and this is back in, around 2000, something like that, 2004 or something. It says, here in Broward County, and I've circled this, you can see it circle on here. It says, here in Broward County, abortionists took the lives of some 13,000 children in 2000. In Broward County, that's one county, 36,000. That's 36, 13,000, 36 a day, and it's legal. Or the Supreme Court said so on January 22nd, 1973, when it ruled that your children not yet born are not persons under the law. What does that have to do with our study? Nothing. But again, it proves that such as, again, that that's the, the level of what people get to of, of, you don't know something to pray for? Pray for our country. I mean, again, the Lord has to judge this country for the thing. If we look at it in the Bible, you talk about the Old Testament, they would work, they would offer up worship to, to Baal, and they would heat up this, these hands, and just burning, and you would offer your first child, you'd put your first child on there. Does that sound absolutely disgusting? was no more disgusting than today. We're the same. As much as we look at that and go, that's crazy, we would never do that. We do it. We do it all the time. Okay? Let's get back to Philippians chapter 3. Anyways, so so beware of the dogs. They're looking at these dogs like they're nothing. That you're just, they're just whatever. So he's saying, look, beware of those dogs. He's calling the, the Pharisees the dogs. Beware of the of the evil workers. The evil workers are people that are coming in there that are Jews against the, that are against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was once one of them. Okay, so he's saying, look, be careful of those people and be careful of the mutilators. And this is talking about circumcision. I don't want to get too deep into circumcision today. We all kind of know what circumcision is, so I don't want to discuss it. But um, the guys will get a little squirmy and it'll be a little awkward. So, so they were requiring that the, these people actually requiring that the new converts converts. To, to Christ actually had to become Jewish first. So it's like, no, 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 you just can't accept Jesus, Gentile. You gotta be, become Jewish first, which means you gotta do the circumcision, and then you can go ahead and worship Jesus. What? No, that's not what it said. Well, no, that's what they were saying. They had twisted it. They said, no, that you have to, you have to go and do this first, and then you can go ahead and worship Him. So then verse 3, Paul turns around and says, look, for we are the circumcision. Guys, listen to me. Don't listen to those people. We are the circumcision. And he gives out three reasons why. The first one is, we we worship God in spirit. Well, that's important for us to know that. Why? Because we can't worship in the flesh. So John 4, 23 and 24, Jesus said, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. 
And just like today when I said, hey, we're doing communion today, we didn't actually convert those elements into the actual flesh of Jesus Christ. We didn't convert the blood into actual blood of Jesus Christ. No, we come into this presence. We come before the throne. The the veil has been torn from the top to the bottom because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we're able to, in spirit, enter into his presence and his thanksgiving. That's how it happens. And it says here, Jesus saying, look, that's what he wants. He wants us to come into his presence and spirit because that's the only way that we can do it. And so then we're able to lay down before God and go, God, thank you so much. We worship you, Abba Father. From the beginning to the end, you just you are the one Father in heaven. You are the God. And so that's what He's asking to do. So it's a condition of the heart. So as we come in front of God, we can't physically come in front of God. We worship Him in spirit. Paul's reminding them, hey, look, guys, that's what we do. We worship God in spirit. But we also rejoice in Christ Jesus. Again, as we do communion this morning, it's the same thing as we rejoice. We're saddened by what Jesus went through. If you watch the Passion, you can't but be sad about what he had to go through. But again, we rejoice in what he did for us. That as we're able to come before the cross, we're able to have our sins forgiven, and that it's it's gone. They're gone. They're not just covered. That's what the Old Testament had. They would just cover their sins. Well, it was still there, but God was like, I can't have a, I can't look at you. They've got to be covered at least. But now with us, it's, it's completely washed away. It's gone. And a lot of us in this room are very thankful for that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of dirt in our lives. There's a lot of things that, man, we really wish, ah, man, if I could go back, I just wouldn't even have done it. But now I know it was on there. It was stained and it was on me. And somehow that blood of Jesus Christ just completely whoosh, washes it away. And so this morning as we come in here and maybe we're a little sad and we're a little beat up from what the world has done to us and what's going on, we can rejoice in that. Again, reminding ourselves that, well, at least I'm glad that this isn't it. This isn't where we stop. I rejoice again that I've got heaven to look forward to. The third thing that he says, for we are the circumcision, we worship God in spirit, we rejoice in Jesus Christ, and we have no confidence in the flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. And I looked at that two ways. You know, there's Romans 7, 18 and 19, where, where Paul's talking. He says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is to present with, to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I not to do, that I practice. That's why I typically read a new, new NIV when I read Romans because New King James is like a tongue twister for me in Romans. So, so anyway, so the, basically the same thing is that the things I don't want to do, those end up being the things I do. And the things that I want to do, I just I don't follow through. I don't get it done. And this is Paul talking. You look at Paul and I'm like, man, what hope do I have if Paul, you know, this guy who has just absolutely changed the world is having a struggle with the same thing? But see, that's one side of it. I think the other side is, is yes, my flesh is weak, but I think the other side is that, is what we're about to get into. Is that we just can't rest in the fact of, of our flesh. We have no, it's not that our flesh, our, our works, our ability to be able to earn heaven. I think that's what he's talking about here. I think that we have no confidence in the flesh. Because Paul, again, he's about to say that, you're about to see that here in a second, because I can't, I can't earn my way to heaven. 
I can't say, well, I did, you know, six Hail Marys today or, you know, I did my Devo today or I, I prayed for, you know, Pastor Don today. That's an extra check. And I prayed for the president today. It's an extra, extra check. And I can't, I can't find those certain things to be able to say, hey, I've, I've earned my way to get to heaven. Well, because I was the, the American of Americans today. This is what I did, you know. Well, Paula says that's rubbish. That's nothing. What, what did you do today? Again, it's not by our flesh. We worship God in spirit. And so if I can't do it by the flesh way, well, then how do I do this? Well, Paul says, well, look, first of all, if you want to say that you can do it by your flesh, well, well, let me, let me, let me correct something here. So in verse four, he starts off, he says, though, listen, though, he's about to change something here. I also might have confidence in the flesh. Paul's about to list out a resume that, that nobody probably in all of Israel would have been able to accomplish. Paul says, look, I, I'm not, you, you want a resume? Uh, all right. Let me tell you a resume. If anyone else thinks he may have had confidence in the flesh, I more so. Look, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He can go back to his lineage all the way back to the very beginning of the early tribes. A Hebrew of Hebrews. Man, concerning the law, concerning the law that you guys try to accomplish, man, I was a Pharisee. I was the keeper of that law. Concerning zeal, Listen, if you, you think you had zeal, I persecuted the church. You can go back into Acts again and you can read all the things that Paul did. You know, how he ripped families apart because they were, they believed in Christ. How he martyred people. How he killed people. This is, Paul's like, you want zeal? Man, I, I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, which is the law, I was blameless. There's, you know, not a, one of you could look at my life and go, oh, no, Paul, you did this on the Sabbath. I didn't. I was blameless. I was perfect. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted for loss for Christ. Paul turns it all around. He says, look, again, and as Christians, we do the same thing. Like I just said, sometimes we, I, I did my Devo today. I'm, I'm kind of walking through. I get the check mark on my U version. I, as we, as Christians, we try to do the same thing instead of looking and saying, I get to do this. I get to study the word of God. I get to talk to people about Jesus. I get to not make unwise decisions. I get to do that. I mean, we could all just walk down to the British pub down there today after and, and grab a pint. I mean, we could do that. We have freedom to do it. But we get to choose not to do that. We get to go home and continue to, to spend time with our family. We get to get in the Word. We get to make righteous decisions. We get to live life in a right way. That's what we get to do. So Paul looks at it and he says, oh, no, 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 you're missing it. The point here is that well, all those things that I gained before, man, I count those as loss. I, I don't even—I didn't even look at that stuff. Why? Because that was all that flesh of all these things that I was trying to obtain, and I was trying to get a little bit more, and I was trying to get a little bit more, and then finally Paul realizes, man, it was nothing. All those things for gain—that's an accounting term right there. It's for profit margin. You know, if you have a business, you, you want gain. Gain's a good thing, okay? So gain, Paul's saying, look, all that profit margin that I was gaining before, man, I just moved that over to the red side. It, it, it was loss. It was nothing. It was just empty. I, I got all that stuff, and then I, I found out, I run into Jesus Christ, and then I realize, I realize, man, all that was for naught. Why? Because, again, it's, it's all about the Spirit. It's all about spirit, me worshiping God in spirit, not in just the things of following the laws and doing what I had to do. Again, it's not for nothing. Verse 80 starts off and he says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, which is talked about, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from which God is from God and by faith. That I may know him in the power of resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. So excellence here. Paul's talking about excellence. Excellence is a, is a surpassing worth. Like there's, there's no, you can't even have value to this. Whatever worth that you think it is, it, it surpasses that. It's beyond that. This excellence that he wants is, I count all things a loss for the excellence, the surpassing knowledge of anything that I could possibly have of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I look at Paul here and I, and I, I'm amazed as that's, that's the verbiage of somebody who is truly saved. That's the verbiage of somebody who gets it. Paul at this moment understands that, man, all that stuff that I was taught, all that stuff that I learned, man, I get it now. Everything was a loss for just the just the knowledge and the excellence of knowing who Jesus Christ is. And then I look at my own life at times and, and I don't feel like I've got that excellence inside of me. I, I, I get I get caught up in the world and I get caught up in things and I, I kind of get beat down and I kinda I kind of forget who's on the throne. I kind of forget that, you know, again, Kevin, it's not just the fact of trying to get out there. It's the fact of who is Jesus to you? A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Psalm, I think it was 46, and, and just be, you know, be still and know that you are God. And, and again, while I was on that trip, it was, well, who is God to me? Well, I asked you this morning, Christian, well, who is Jesus to you? Okay, if we know who God is and we can speak confidently, well, God created the heavens and the earth. And well, again, Christian, well, well, who is Jesus to you? I mean, do you look at him in the same manner? Do you count all those things that you had in your past that they were a loss? I'm not saying that we didn't have fun. I, I had fun before I was a Christian. I'm not saying, I'm not, I had friends before I was a Christian. I'm not saying that all that was just junk and I just, I don't count that anything in my life. But do I count them as a loss for the excellence of who Jesus Christ is? I, I think that's the difference in our lives. I think so many times I was convicted years ago, and I think I told Bert this too, is as I was actually reveling in things that I had done as a Christian, of some of the sins. Oh yeah, one night, man, we went out and we did this, and and I'm just, just talking about it like it was like the greatest thing that I'd ever done. And I think the conviction came over me. God was just like, Kevin, like, what? Do you know what that cost me for you to do that? It cost me everything cost me my son so that you could go and have a night out and then he kind of realized it was like oh lord i'm sorry and, and so now you if you have i very rarely build up those times of the past why because the conviction just came in my heart it was like i was i was reveling in those times before christ and just lifting up not not family times and, and good times like that but just you know what i mean right it just was sad that I was I was lifting those times up that I just hadn't gotten rid of that stuff and then just truly focused on Jesus. And Paul states this, for this Jesus, I have suffered the loss of all things. See, Paul was, when he was Saul, he was on the fast track for Jewish glory. I mean, he was going to be like, somewhere it would have been like Saul. You know, we would have been reading about Saul and just how great he was of a man. And I mean, that's that's the path that he was on. 
mean, he had all this knowledge, was studied under, and, and, and already the Jew of Jews, and, I mean, he persecuted, I mean, he was stardom, you know, it would have been Saul, you know, we'd had a movie sometime, and, and they would have just been absolutely praising Saul. But, but Saul looks at it and goes, man, I, I've lost, I've lost everything. I mean, that's, it's just all gone. Maybe kind of like one of us, maybe we had an opportunity and, um, to, to, to have some kind of glory, whether it be through sports or politics or something like that. And, and, but because you've turned to Christ, you're like, oh, I just can't really do that anymore. And, and, and you kind of walk it away and you're like, oh, but dude, I, I could have been, I could have been president. I, I could have been somebody along the lines where somebody would have been like, wow, Kevin, that, that dude. Oh man, I remember that dude. He was, he was incredible. Oh, but he, he found Jesus, you know, and, Man, that, that went his career. His career was done. You know, found Jesus, gave his heart to him, and started living a righteous life. And you know, he was unable to do all that stuff anymore. Well, that's Saul. Remember that he gets he gets touched by Jesus, and 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 he says, "Hey, dude, why are you kicking against the goads, man? The, the God that you're trying to serve, you're you're going the wrong way. You need to. He's back this way." Turn around, man. Use that excitement and that exuberance. And then he takes him, and and then we don't hear about Paul. Paul goes on a little hiatus, and I think God sits there and says, "Hey, look, I gotta, I gotta pull you away for a little bit. I gotta do some personal training in there, and then we're gonna bring you back at the right time." And that's the all the letters that we have at this point is as far as Paul doing this. And so Paul looks at it and goes, "Man, I, I've lost all things, you know." And then after that, he not only does he lose all things, man, Paul's got another in a second. I'll read it another resume. So he's got his his Jewish resume. And then he's got his Christian resume. And you'll you'll laugh at the difference in there. He says, man, I, I count them as rubbish. You can actually write in dung on there, okay? And dung is the word dung, okay? Uh, I just like to say that because how many times do you get to say that in church? But So it's, it's not just rubbish there, it's, it's dung, which I think is like a whole different meaning to that word rubbish, okay? Jonathan's squirming right now because we're not allowed to have bathroom talk in our house, so it's not technically bathroom talk. So he counts them as rubbish, counts it as dung, so that, that that I may gain Christ. Why? Because again, it's going back to the excellency, the beyond worthy, the beyond anything that I might know Him, Jesus. And not, and again, Jesus didn't have to know Him. Remember, God knows us. A lot of times we try to turn it around. Well, yeah, God kind of found me finally, and you know, we try to lift it up to that. You know, like oh, you know, God was chasing me for a while, and you know, and I kind of. God wasn't chasing you. What? God knew where you were at. You were running from God is what it was. It wasn't him just chasing you down. It was, no, I was, there comes God. I was running as fast as I could the other way. God was just there the whole time, just waiting. Remember, God doesn't have to move. God's just there. He says, no, no, no. I knew where you were at. Matthew thirteen forty four through 46. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Christian, are you willing to sell all that you have to gain the excellence of knowledge of Christ? I'm not just talking physically going home. That's it. House is for sale. Car is for sale. I'm going to go buy Christ. You can't buy Christ. Okay. Again, we worship in spirit. Are you willing to give him all of your life? 
Are you willing to turn over the keys to your life and say, God, there it is. You know, like we talked about before, the poker guy pushing all those chips in the middle and going, we're all in, you know, and he jumps up and he starts moving around, starts getting excited because something's about to go down. He's either going to win it all or he's heading home. You know, one of the two is happening. Are you willing to push in the chips? Christian, I wish you would because I can promise you, you're not heading home. You push in the chips with God, man, get ready. Why? Because that excellence of the knowledge of Christ is just going to, it's going to be like a blaze and a fire in your life. The excitement that you're going to have when you sit down and you read his word and the excitement that you have when you, when you talk to God. I don't mean just sitting down and praying, but just talking with God all day long. The relationships that you have with others are going to change. Some might go away, but that's fine. Say true to who you are. Say true to God. Trust me, that, that blaze will just continue to be on fire and then other people will see that and it'll draw them to him. And again, that's what we live for. Verse 9 again says, and, he be, and be found in him, having not my righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Again, it's not about me. It's not about anything that I can possibly do. Again, it's, it's the faith in him. It's what Jesus has already done for us. It's the fellowship of his sufferings. It's the fellowship of being on the cross. It's the fellowship of the beatings that Jesus took. This is the other, this is Paul's Christian resume. Second Corinthians 11 says, are they, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. He's being sarcastic there. He says, I speak as a fool. In labors, more abundant, saying about himself, in stripes above measure, in prison, I've been in prison more frequently, in deaths, I've even died. How many of you guys have died? From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was, three times I was shipwrecked. He still kept, kept getting on boats. A night and a day and I have been in the deep. And he's been in the water for a night and a day. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all churches. Paul says, man, I, you, you, you want to say that if I haven't relayed what, what Christ has gone through? Man, these, these are just the things that I've done. I think that pretty much lists, lists everybody. Anything that could possibly have happened in Paul's life happened. And he's looking at it and people are trying to say that they had done more. And he's like, you've done more than me? You know, you talking to me? I, I don't think so. Man, my, even my own countrymen, even the Gentiles I'm reaching out to. I've been in water for a day and a night, three times shipwrecked. I was bitten by a snake. He didn't even throw that one in there. What? What did you do more than me? And again, he's not boasting himself up. He's saying, look, I don't care. I'll, I'll do all of that in hopes to obtain the rapture or the resurrection. I, I, I do all of that again and twice. Why? Because all I want is to be able to be, if any means to obtain the resurrection from the dead. 
I just want to be there with Jesus at the end. That's my goal. Verse 12, it starts in and says, Now, not, not that I've already attained it. I mean, Christian, listen, I, I, not that I've done it. Philippians, not, 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 that I'm, not that I'm there yet. Don't, don't look at me and, and lift me up in a point where, well, Paul is a God. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not retained it yet. Or I'm already perfected. No, that's, that's far from it. You see, he's referring here to, to a point of, you know, like, again, the track racing and the running and all that stuff. They would give a crown at the end, a, a little crown so that you would know that they had won. He's, it's, I, I haven't received any crown. I'm not there yet. Guys, I'm just like you. I am so, I'm so, I'm so moving on. I'm still walking through this thing that we call life and I'm, I'm still being, you know, sanctified every single day. And the Lord is showing me things and He's, He's pointing things out of where I can grow and, and how I can do ministry better and, and He's just showing me areas of my life. And then He's showing me areas of my life where maybe it's not just Him, but maybe it's the influence of other people around Him. Of what, what can I do to minister to that person better? I, I haven't attained these things and I, I'm not perfect. Don't, don't, don't look at Paul and go, well, that dude had it right. He didn't. He's just like you and I. Billy Graham didn't, didn't have it. Billy Graham was a sinner, just like you and I. Chuck Smith. D.L. Moody. I mean, you go down the list of people that you can name that, that we look up to and go, wow, those guys were men of faith. Yes, they were men of faith. First thing I'll say is they are no different than you, than you. They had sinners just like you, but they also had the same outcome that we could have also. You, you want to have the same outcome of what they have? Well, then get on your knees and have a serious relationship with Jesus. There's a book of prayer that I have, and I didn't write down the different names. The different names of several of them, would, there was actually ingrained on the wood next to their bed from where they had prayed every single morning for three hours. That, that the, the, the floor wasn't even where they were at anymore. That that wood where their knees were every single morning had just, there was a little indention. You, you want to have a relationship with Jesus? That's, that's a relationship with Jesus. That's something that somebody that's serious about their faith. You look at Jesus, even he had that same relationship. Up late at night praying with the Father, up early in the morning praying with the Father. Why? Because he knew that that's where everything was at. And Paul's sitting here looking and go, I, I haven't attained anything yet. I'm not perfected. But listen, one thing, I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I'm pressing on. I'm not stopping. I follow after that I may lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me. You see, Christian, I'm the prize. Jesus looked at me and says, I'm laying hold of you, Kevin. Well, Christian, are are you you laying hold on on Jesus? Are you you grabbing him back? And and Lord, you're, you're somebody that I want. You're somebody that I need to have in my life. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended. I haven't counted myself to that I've accomplished anything here. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul says, I, I forget those things that are behind me. I forget those things that are good. I forget those things that are bad. Forgetting them is, is, is an act of neglect. It's an act of neglect. It's no longer caring for. It's no longer that it's... There's a song that I, I would have played it this morning, but it's he's a little whiny when he sings it, but I like the song, is, is that 
If there if there's anything that's on that altar, if there's anything that's on my mind right now, then then that's something that's an altar before God. If there's any relationship that I have, then that's that's something that's on the altar in front of God. If there's anything that I desire more than God, then that's something that needs to be removed. And, and again, I'm not saying go into a complete other side and take it to the extreme and you know, I have a relationship. I have a, I'm married, so oh gosh, man, Christine can't ever be, you know, on my mind. I'm not saying that. You guys know that's the heart behind it. It's a point of you know where your heart is. During Alabama football season, there's a struggle, okay? Just being honest, you know. But he made them good, okay? If they weren't good, then it wouldn't be a struggle. You know, I'd be like, ah, I don't need to catch the game, but. Currently, they're his anointed one, okay? So, I'm just bearing my heart out before you guys, and you're laughing at me. And Paul says, reach for things. You know, reach for things like a runner reaches when he is, he's in a race, and you see them, and they get to the very end, and everything they have is trying to get to that, that finish line. Everything that they have is stretching. Some people dive, which are crazy, you know, on an asphalt racetrack and they're diving stretching everything that they possibly have so they can get across that line first Josh and I were running actually all of us did the run walk thing out of Benderson Park it was actually beautiful out there with a big lake in the middle and you run around and it's like three miles so Josh and I were running yesterday we were heading out ahead of everybody else on this little thing that we were doing and uh, a couple times Josh was like dude dad I'm, I'm tired I can't run anymore I'm like Josh you can do it Trust me, out of the two of us, you can do it, okay? So, you know, let's just look at the two of us and you can figure that out yourself, okay? I don't need to lay my heart out there again, but Josh, you, you can do it. You've got so much power in you, you can do it. Can, can you give me three more minutes? <sighs> yeah, I can do three more minutes. And then he did it. I'm like, all right, dude, can, can, you, can you give me one more minute? Can, one more at the very end, can you just give me? Can you give me 30 seconds of just a solid run? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. He wanted to quit. But guess what? Josh ran for another three and a half minutes more than he ever would have before. Why? Because he was pressing on. And I think too many times we sit here as Christians and we, we kind of, we kind of hedge back a little bit like, hey, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the walk part of it. I'm going to do my cool down and my walk. I'm going to do my cool down and my, my run. And God's like, we're still, we're still racing here. What are you, what are you doing? You can cool down when you get to heaven. The cool down is not for here on earth. The cool down is when we get to heaven. That's when we can go, Lord, I, I, I'm here. I finished the, I, I did the race. I did the race. I did it. Verse 14 says, and I pressed toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Remember, that's the, the, go back to previous verses, but one thing I do, okay, then there's a comma there. Guys, all the guys are knowing this right now. You, you don't have to read that part there, but one thing I do, I press toward the goal for the prize. The stuff in the middle there is just the filler there. Okay, But one thing I do, he's kind of giving you the idea. I forget those things which are behind me and reaching toward forward to those things which are ahead of me. That's, that's what's happening. But one thing I do, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9.24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Everybody runs in a race, but one receives a prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes 
for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it to the subjection, lest that I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I mean, Paul's sitting here saying, look, look, everybody who runs, only one person gets it, Okay. They're all running for that one. And you see the, the gold medals and they get up on the Olympic stand and one person gets the gold, the silver, and the bronze. All that stuff is perishable. Do, do you know anybody who's won in the last... Just do the, the the Winter Olympics, if anybody watched it. I don't think anybody watched it. But but no, who, who even remembers? I don't remember. Who, who remembers from the Summer Olympics two years ago? Do you remember anybody? All that, all that glory, all that, that striving that they had done. They've worked their entire life to get on that podium for that sp- playing of the Star Spangled Banner. They've, that's their life that they have done. And, and that's incredible what they are able to do. But it's a perishable crown. It's gone. That moment is fleeting and it's done. Every four years they've got a job for NBC because they can sit there and talk about all the work that they did. They'll make $20,000. They'll fly out there for free. And then that's it. Four years later, there it comes back up again. That's the only time that you hear about these people. They've worked their entire life to do that. And Paul sits here and says, look, look, Christian, we need to be the same way. I, I, I want to look at you and say, are you beating your body? Are you preparing your body for this race that we're to run? Christian, if you're, if you're somebody who is at home and you're, you're watching things that you shouldn't be watching on TV or on the internet, if you're if you're hanging out with bad apples and you're you're in bars and you're drinking and you're you're carousing, if you're married and you're with people that you shouldn't be with, if you're a young person and you're doing things that you should, I mean, well, what are you doing? Are you beating your body to get ready for run this race? No, you can't run a race if you've gotten all those things. If you're shackled down by the world, how how do you run a race that's going to glorify Christ? I would submit to you then that you haven't that you have understand the fo- the following. The, the verse back here where he says, all things were for a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. If you've truly experienced the, the, the knowledge of the excellence of who Jesus Christ was, you would look at those things and go, I, I, I can't have that weight in my life. I can't have that relationship in my life anymore. You know, I, I, can't, I can't go to bars anymore. Why? Because, man, they might say one, but I'm going to end up drinking four or five and, and, and there goes my testimony. I'm going to be, you know, going crazy and I, I can't smoke that. You know, I know I used to smoke that, but I, I can't smoke that anymore. Are you, are you willing to sit there and lay down that relationships and lay those things down? Why? So that I can stretch forward so that I can run this race that would be glorifying to God. Why? Because I just want to know him more. I just want to know Jesus more. And I, I can't, I can't stretch to him, and I can't lay a hold of Jesus if I've got all this other stuff that's that's tearing me down. Maybe it's your attitude, maybe it's your relation, maybe it's you, maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe you're just like, you know what, man, I got to check myself. I need to look at my own personality and realize that, you know what, whether I take a test or not, man, I've got a bad attitude. Maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my personality. I'm not an IMGD whatever personality thing is, but I'm a I'm a something else, you know. Christian, what's hindering you? Christian, what's hindering you from running your race? Is it pride? Maybe a pride in your religion. Maybe you, Kevin. I, I mean, you're preaching to everybody else this morning. You ain't preaching to me. Man, I, I am, 
I am living it. I am the Christian of Christians. You know, I'm the Gentile of Gentiles. I am. I have not one mark on me. It's everybody else. Really? Bet you it's not. Maybe it's your works. Maybe you're trying to accomplish something to be able to. My pride is I, I, I'm getting there. I'll do it my way. I, I got it. I got this thing down. I understand, you know, how to, to manipulate and to kind of work everything in there. Christian, what's hindering you? Christian, is it the sin that's in your life? Is there something that's going on? You know that there's a sin that you've just been battling with and that you've been struggling with and that you're like, man, I just, I got to let it go. Well, hopefully you did it during communion. But if you didn't, today's that day. Today's the day to, to shed that stuff off of you. Today's the day where you, you bend your knee and you, you humbly become for, before the Lord and you close your eyes and you don't matter if anybody else is listening to you. You don't care if anybody else is talking around you. You just, God, I just, I want that excellency. I want to know you better. I want to, to put you above everything else that's in my life. Lord, help me with this one area, this sin that's just, this is dragging me down. I'm having a hard time running and I just can't do it. Why? Because I'm being pulled down by this thing. Do you guys know it's, it's June? We're almost halfway done with the year. Can you believe that? I mean, tomorrow's Christmas, right? I mean, it's like, this is ridiculous. We're halfway done with the year and, and many of us, six, weeks, six months ago, set up little goals that we had for this year. Okay, six six months ago, right? How are you guys doing on your goals? Now, I know some of us maybe had goals, I'm going to lose weight, you know. Maybe some of us had goals that I was going to do something else. But I'm sure many of us in this room, since we're in a church, I'm going to do this for God this year. This is something that I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do this for God. I've got, I've got a plan. I mean, God, you and I are going to get better. We're going to get closer this year. I'm going to read your word every single day. I'm going to go through the Bible twice this year. God, you and I, it's going to be you and me. We're going to be buddies. How, how are you doing on that? Has, has the world slowed you down in your race with God? Have you, have you pulled back and, and realized that, man, maybe some of this other stuff got in the way, but today's the day where you, you, you put that stuff away. Pastor T, a couple years ago at Ashland's um, eighth grade graduation, one of the words, words he said is, at the end he said, real Christianity comes with a cost. This powerful statement. Real Christianity comes with a cost. And I'm not just talking about what Paul had gone through. You know, we're not supposed to go out and jump in a boat and sink it so we can sit in the water for a day and a night. And I'm not saying walk into some place and just ask them to beat you up so that you can experience what Paul did. I'm saying if, you, if you're living a real Christian life, there's a cost that comes along with it. You don't have to be in Iran and all these other places. You can be in this country and realize real persecution. And maybe it's not the persecution that you think you're going to have. Maybe you're going to lose some family members. You're going to lose some friends. Or maybe you're not going to be the most liked person at work. But are you willing to do it for the excellency of Christ? Are you willing to put all this stuff aside so that I can just, I just want to grab Christ? I want to run this race in such a way that I can hold on to him. And, and Jesus, you're, you're not letting go of me. I, I, I'm yours. And that's what Paul's doing. He's saying, I don't care about all that other stuff. I don't care about anything that I gained in my life. I don't care about the statues and all that stuff. I've thrown all that stuff away. I just look at Jesus and go, I want more Jesus today. 
I want more Jesus today than I had yesterday. Lord, how, how do I do that? You want me to go in there? I, I'll go. Let me, I'll go do it right now for you. And that's why when he sits there and he starts off the, in verse one, he says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. That's where he gets his rejoicing from. Because Paul, if anybody could have sat there and looked at his own circumstances and go, I, I got a rough life. Man, I got, he could have wrote lamentations too if he wanted to. He had a rough life. But Paul looks at him and goes, guys, listen, I'm in jail right now. I'm telling you right now, re- rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because he's doing great things. He's doing wonderful things. And God will do wonderful things in your life. God wants to do wonderful things in your life. God has done wonderful things in your life. Stretch for the excellency of who Christ is. Amen? Father God, I love you so much. We thank you so much for this day. And we thank you for all of your your blessings. And Lord, I pray today would be the day that we, that the one thing that we do God, help us to stretch. Help us to to run that race, Lord. Help us to, to, to put away all things that are hindering us, Lord. God, help us to, to get our eyes and our minds and our lives focused truly on you. The distractions of this world, Lord, they just from the enemy that just wants to, to pull us aside. Help us to worship you in spirit. Help us to rejoice in Christ. Help us to love you more today. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.